make no mistake about it, every single day that we wake up, we've got a human animal and we've got consciousness and they go back and forth between who has the wheel, right? A lot of people, the, the human animal never lets go of the wheel. But even those of us who have climbed and, and gotten to a place where we can access that consciousness, you're gonna be hopping back and forth. Hey, what if you can increase your performance in business and in life by doing one simple thing? And this is not a marketing, sales, or process-driven thing. Hey, my name is Bedros Koulian, and this is The Empire Show, and this is an inside look. And today we have a very special guest, someone who's very special to me, and it is none other than my wife, Diana Koulian. And the reason I've asked my wife to be here is because she's seen the entire journey of entrepreneurism for me, and she has joined me on that journey. Neither one of us were necessarily anything uh, incredible as entrepreneurs, but together we've really become one hell of a team to be reckoned with. So, Di, welcome to the show, baby girl. Thank you so much. I, I have to say, like, this is so exciting and just such an honor that you would ask me to come on your show. Um, but also, it's just one of my favorite topics. Yeah, this and is so a good topic. it's just, it's a pleasure to be able to talk about it with you. Yeah. So, you know, we run these episodes mm -hmm. that kind of take this approach of becoming a high performer, right? Because Empire Show is about entrepreneurs who want to scale their businesses so mm -hmm. that they can make more income, have more impact, and have more influence on the communities they serve and the yeah. things they do. And yeah, okay, marketing, sales, leadership, processes, mm -hmm. systems, all that stuff is important, how to hire and treat people. But then there's this other track of shows that we do, and like Sean Stevenson, yeah. uh, where we talked about how sleep and hydration really impact an entrepreneur's performance. And then of course, Rachel Shear, and we talked about how gut health really impact the way you think and mm -hmm. process information. Mm -hmm. And so in the spirit of that, mm -hmm. I know that as you and I have evolved as entrepreneurs, we've gone from well, what you call a human animal mm -hmm. to a higher level of consciousness, a human being. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, we operate at a different level, we lead at a different level, we show up on a different level, and I thought it'd be a really cool idea to show that part of mm -hmm. who we are and what we do, mm -hmm. and who better than you. Well, I love this because we have some very interesting conversations together. Mm -hmm. When we hike together, or when we're, we, if we, once in a while have like a relaxed morning on yeah. the weekends and we sit there and we drink our coffee. Um, yeah, we have definitely evolved together. I mean, last month was 20 years that we've been together as partners. Mm -hmm. um, and we definitely have changed together. And yeah. I think that's such a cool thing that we've been on this journey and, you know, we egg each other on with self-development because it really is, if you're not, you know, when you level up, that's like a shot over my bow, like, okay, I'm gonna level up to match you sure. and I feel like I've done the same for you. Well, to that point, one of our wacky little theories is that 20 point spread that mm -hmm. we talk about, right? Where mm -hmm. if someone around you 
all of a sudden begins to do the self-development work mm -hmm. and increases their IQ and their EQ, mm -hmm. intelligence quotient, and their emotional quotient by 20% above you, or 20 mm -hmm. points above you, I mm -hmm. should say. Like there's a, there's a difference. You feel the difference. All of a sudden yes. you're like, man, we don't click anymore. There's a communication gap. Yeah. It's hard. It's you're almost yeah. like you're speaking a different language. Yeah. And so you're right. We have kind of egged each other on over mm -hmm. the years in self-development, self-growth on many levels, not like just fitness, but right. also in mindset, also in communication, yeah. also in decision-making, also, yeah. you know, fill in the gaps, Work right? Work ethic. Work ethic. <laughs> I'd say. Work ethic. Like I thought I was super busy as an entrepreneur. I thought until we started Fit Body Bootcamp, mm -hmm. and then it's like, oh wow, look at all that. I can time manage better mm -hmm. and start a whole new franchise. Um, and so with that, like, you know, you're a mom. You've written one, two, the three cookbooks? I mean, two and a half. I did a, a book, a, I co-authored a book, and I did oh, two of my oh, yeah. own. <laughs> All right. Three books, two yeah. and a half, whatever you want to call it, right? Books, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you're my partner in everything that we do here at HQ with Trulene, a Fit Body Boot Camp, and all the coaching businesses, and, mm -hmm. and the equity that we have in other companies, and the CFO mm -hmm. of Fit Body Boot Camp, and overseeing teams and decisions. and. Mm -hmm. With that, there takes a level of emotional resilience and decision-making and, well, control of the human animal. And mm -hmm. so let's talk about the human animal because I think it is an absolutely an unfair advantage if you can take your human animal and control it and make it a human being connected to consciousness. Mm -hmm. And you do such a great job with your metaphors and your explanations of it. So what, <laughs> let's start there. What is the human animal that we talk about? Okay, well, before we start talking about what it is, I do wanna share like how I started even thinking about this topic or sure. getting interested in this topic. And it all started, it was a dinner in LA at a steakhouse with Tom mm. and Lisa Bilyeu. It was actually the first time I ever met them. Yep. And we were having a great conversation. He's from Washington State and so am I. And we're connecting and we touched on the subject of religion. And I know how that happened. How that When happened? I did Tom's show, uh -huh. I came back with a basket of goodies. They okay. give like the people that are on their show a basket of goodies. Uh -huh. There was two books, one of them was Joseph Campbell's Power of Myth, and the other one was, oh shoot, it was a female author, and it was about being, like being open mind, growth mind, growth oh, mindset. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I, yes, right? is it growth mind? I think it's just called growth mindset, or yeah. open, oh man, I, all right, we'll leave in the show notes yeah. what it is, but do you remember that? Susan something, yeah, yes. yes. Suzanne Jeffers? Duek? No. Duek, Suzanne Jeffers yeah, yeah. was Feel the Fear, Do It Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Suzanne, growth mindset, I yes. think it's. Yeah, um, and then, I never picked up that book from Joseph Campbell and you did. Well, cause, okay, in the conversation. So, so um, Tom and I, you know, grew up in the same part of the country. Um, he's a little bit older than me, but we were kind of comparing childhoods. And I think that, you know, I grew up in the Christian tradition, like heavy duty. And it's, I, th I think if I'm remembering correctly, he did as well. And he just dropped the name. He's like, you know, the book, The Power of Myth was a game changer for me. And we kind of just moved on in the conversation. And it was like two months later that we were taking a trip to Rome. And it was kind of in the back of my mind ever since that conversation. I'm Tom, someone I respect. And it was like, hey, this, this 
meant something to him. I'm like, I need to investigate it, you yeah. know? And so I, I downloaded it and I listened to it for the very first time as we're flying to Rome. And then we spent a few days in Rome. And I remember walking around the Vatican and I had one ear, ear pod in and it was, I had I Joseph that. Campbell in my ear. And it's like looking at the Sistine Chapel and like walking around and, and just the impact of his words and where I was. And it, this is kind of weird, but, and this has never happened to me before, but I couldn't stop listening to this audiobook. And for, you know, if people haven't ever listened to it, it's an interview. So Joseph Campbell was a professor of comparative religion for 38 years at Sarah Lawrence College. And he just spent his entire life studying every religion and mythology known to man and looking for similarities. So I'm going to stop you right there, though, because if you're listening to this right now, guys, you're thinking like, wait a minute, I don't want to talk about religion and mythologies. You said this was going to be about being a high performer and how I could operate at a yes. better level in business and in life. Yes. Trust me when I say stick with it, guys. Yes. We're getting there because this is going to open your eyes in a crazy ass way if you are willing to be open minded, growth minded and just let down the wall and trust the show. Remember, the show has never let you down before <laughs> and we're not about to let you down now. I know that you might believe in Christianity. Catholicism, uh, 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 whatever, who's the Muhammad? Uh, Islam, uh, Buddhism, right? Uh, whatever your belief system is, just pause just for a moment and go, but what if this was true? Yeah, so Joseph Campbell, and, and I was brought up in the Christian tradition, like hardcore, yeah. and he he studied all of, basically- Now when say hardcore, what do you mean hardcore? Hardcore- what's, what's hardcore Christian? Hard, well, my definition of hardcore Christian was my whole life, all the way through college, I went to Christian, um, by, you know, Christian education. I have a minor in Bible. Um, church was just part of life. Like the, okay. I went, in my elementary and high school years, it was a Christian reformed education system, which is, you know, there's a lot of rules and there's just, okay. it's, 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 a, so it's a pretty strict. It's very strict way yes. of, of, I guess, accepting, understanding yes. Christianity. It's very black and white. It's very strict. It's very us versus them. Um, it was a very like, yeah, just constricted way for me to be growing up. Got it. Us being Christians, them being secular yes, people. Correct. Okay. Anyone outside the church gotcha. and even within the different types of Christian <clears throat> churches, like a lot, just a lot of division. Yeah. And it was, you know, so obviously having just a, a deep understanding of the Bible and having, you know, like a minor in Bible is yeah. like, that's, yes, I, I know a lot about the Bible study wise, but I still had so many questions and I, I almost feel like I've always felt like there's just this mystery of like, like, why are we here? What is, how do you get to a place where you are at peace? And essentially, I didn't know what I was thinking, but how do you get to a place where you are in control of the human animal and you are connected to consciousness? This has always plagued me and I couldn't find those answers in the Bible. And I'm listening to Joseph Campbell walking around Rome and he's just dropping these truth bombs and these incredible insights from, and he's hopping all over the world and all over history, pulling these insights. And it was almost like, you know, like you're in the desert and you're drinking water for the first time is how I felt when I was just hearing all of these insights. Mm. And so, again, this has never happened to me. I'm not like an obsessive person, but that was three years ago. And I listened to that audiobook three times a month. 
And how many times thus far have you listened to that audiobook? <laughs> Over a hundred. Over a hundred. I know it by heart, but it, I'm, and and when I try to explain to someone, like I'm not crazy, but every time I listen to it, even though I know what he's going to say next, I'm at a place now where I'm just there's more depth because mythology it's all metaphors. Mm -hmm. It's metaphors to try to explain and communicate about things that we don't have words for. So. One of the things that the themes that would come up in these interviews, because Joseph Campbell looked for similarities across all the religions and the mythologies and all the different people in history. What are the similarities, right? Essentially, what's what's the answer to the puzzle? Yeah. So let me stop you right there. As you're listening to Joseph Campbell for the first time with, you know, it was on our way to Rome, on the plane, as you're walking to the... Um, the Vatican, mm -hmm. coming from a very strict mm -hmm. Christian background, mm -hmm. was there some part of your brain like saying, no, no, no this, this, this can't be true? Because all of a sudden it's like screwing up all the narrative that you know. No. And here's why. why. Because it doesn't screw up the narrative that you know. It helps you understand why that narrative was there. What was the purpose of that narrative? The the metaphor, the story of Jesus, of him dying and being resurrected, when Joseph Campbell explains the point of that, it's not a history lesson. If you turn it into a history lesson, which is how it was taught to me, then it loses all of its vitality. Because Christianity, all religion, teaches it as a history lesson. As a history lesson. Versus a metaphor. A metaphor for you. So instead of when Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected, yeah. you're thinking about somebody 2,000 years ago, the metaphor is you, Bedros Koulian, in 2021, need to die to your animal nature and be reborn as the consciousness. Stop right there. You are speaking craziness. <laughs> what is my animal nature? So animal, the when way- When you say you need to die as your animal, to your animal yes. nature, what is my animal nature? Because I'm a human being, am I not? Mm, the way that I understand us as humans, it's, and again, I think a lot in metaphors. It helps me understand things, right? And so I think of us as two things put together. So there's the human animal shell, you're a physical being, right? You, you're born, you get to the age of 35, our body declines towards its destiny with death after 35, and you have a life cycle, and then you're gone, right? Your human animal shell. But then there's the consciousness. There's that, that, that ultimate source of your being, that, that piece of radiance, if you want to call it a soul, if you want to call it your connection to the universal mind, your ability to have a connection with the universal mind, that spiritual part that every human has the potential for. Potential for. Mm, yes. Tell me more. So you, your question to me was, what is our human animal nature? Yeah. So the way that I understand it is we all have that spark in us where we can be connected, but we cover it with so many layers and it's the human animal layers and the mismanagement of our human animal that covers it up. And it essentially your human animal nature is you disconnected from the ultimate source of your being, 
the consciousness, the radiance. So what are some of the layers of the human animal? What is the human animal made of? The human animal. So you're a physical being in this physical world. So the very first thing is your physical body, right? And so many humans today, more than ever, they do not care for their physical body. And so a physical body that has poor hygiene by way of a buildup of fat store on the body, just mismanagement of, of nutrition and hydration and sleep and substances. Well, let's, 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 I love that we're going deeper into that, but I want to go even deeper. When you say managing your body and managing your physical hygiene through nutrition, obviously there's sleep involved, there's hydration, mm-hmm. as you said. Like we know people who, I don't know how else to say this, like, we know people who haven't pooped for like a week or yeah. poop once a right. week. Your pipes. That, that, yeah. your, your, your pipes, right? Yes. Like that, that cannot be good for your performance right. in life in any way. Definitely. Whether it's in a relationship with a spouse, mm-hmm. uh, your kids, your friends, or in decision making for a business. Right. That's internal hygiene. Right. That's poor internal hygiene physically. So the human animal has poor External internal hygiene. Yep. What else? That's the first thing. So your the shell that you live in is in a poor condition, which is going to only add friction and block you from consciousness. The second thing is our minds. So so many people today have such noisy, distracted minds because we just let things in, right? Mindless scrolling, mindless listening, mindless watching, um, negativity. We, you know. Inside of our minds, there's like there's like the chatter voice, mm-hmm. and then there's consciousness, right? And most people, they have poor mental hygiene to where they're not protecting their minds. They're letting all these things in, and now that's another layer to block you from consciousness because the consciousness voice, it's, it's quieter. You have to, you know, quiet the chatter to ever have a chance of connecting with consciousness. So the conversations that people hear in their head, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily consciousness, it's chatter, it's noise, Mm -hmm. versus you know that you're connected to consciousness how? What, what, am I, what am I looking to feel? What is a person looking to feel? Because when I, I know the answer, so I'm trying to help you kind of bring it out for our audience, but the chatter and noise brings on anxiety, mm-hmm. stress, overwhelm. Fear. Fear, uncertainties. Mm-hmm. That's all lives with the human animal. Consciousness has nothing to fear. Consciousness is... It, is it clarity? What is consciousness? There's, there's, there's peace, there's clarity. Um, Michael Singer does a really good job in his book, The Untethered Soul, where he talks about connecting to yourself as like you're the observer. Yeah. And you're in this place. So if you think of yourself back to those, your two things, right? You're the human animal and then that consciousness, that piece of consciousness in you. The human animal has the chatter and the fear. The consciousness has nothing to fear because it doesn't pass away the way that the human body does. The way that Joseph Campbell explains it, it's almost like if you're your sliver of the universal mind, when your physical body passes away, it's almost, it gets absorbed into the, the universal mind and, and consciousness just doesn't have anything to fear the way the human animal has things to fear. 
So, so how do you know it's consciousness? Yes, there's clarity. There's this peace about it. There's this feeling of being an observer rather than feeling of being in it and mm. being fearful in it. And, and, and we know the difference. But the biggest thing for me when I'm like, whoa, am I, is this my human animal coming out? It's like, is, is this emotion essentially rooted in fear? And if the answer is yes, if there's, any, if there's anything distressing or negative about it, it's your human animal. If there's just clarity and peace and like observation, and then when you're in that space, these like little wisdom bombs drop on you. And it's like, oh, okay, more clarity. So, I mean, if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, so I need to meditate more? Meditation helps, but can we go back to the layers that we do? Because the first thing is uncovering the layers. So we talked about our body. So keeping your body in good condition, not only, you know, the shape that you're in, but we talked about internally, right? Like having your pipes clean and just having good yeah, nutrition, hygiene. hydration, yes. sleep, cleanliness, mm -hmm. obviously. And of course, hydra uh, or, or I guess really hygiene of the mind. Yes. So, so your body, your mind, and then we get to the heart. Now the heart, it's the, the heart of the human animal is, is really closed in fear. And we hold a lot of traumas and, and, and things, but it's all around fear and protect myself and close myself to others around me. So human animal, just this body in bad condition, this noisy mind, a closed up heart. Oof. And then the next layer is the environment that we keep around us. When we have just a cluttered, disorganized, chaotic environment that we live in, that's another layer that's gonna block you from consciousness. Hmm. So, so weeding through all these layers is the first step to getting yourself in a place where you even, I believe, even could have that connection and that feeling with consciousness. And so how does one know if they're like, all right, um, I think I'm going to start taking this journey. Because what I'm hearing you say, really, if you're a human animal, you're probably a little irritable in your relationships. You're I don't know, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, white knuckling through life. You're making impulsive decisions. Your feelings govern a lot of your thoughts and decisions. Whereas consciousness, you're the observer mm -hmm. in what you see and you have so much more clarity and peace mm -hmm. in the decisions that you make. Am I yeah, saying this right? 100%. Okay, so with that said, well, if I want to have a successful business and I want to have a successful and happy life with the people that I have relationships with, it makes mm -hmm. sense that I start making this climb towards consciousness. Mm -hmm. what, what's my first step? So going back to the layers, I think the first step is really get your body in good shape, right? Clean up your hygiene, quiet your mind. And it's not just oh, do I meditate for 10 or 15 minutes in the morning? It's creating a lifestyle of protecting what goes in. What are you listening to? What, what kind of noise are you allowing in? Because that's what's just going to be happening in your mind. What is the biggest influencer? Like if there was like, if you're like, hey, people need to do this one thing to quiet their mind. Like what did you do? What was the one thing of the many things that's a good place to start to quiet the mind? It goes it goes to protecting what comes in. Mm -hmm. So being Input. intentional 
and selective about what you're letting in. Okay, so, so, so Dan Sullivan says, the thoughts that occupy your mm -hmm. mind, which is exactly what you're saying, be careful of what you let in. Yes. Information, news, media, yes. social media, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. The thoughts that occupy your mind and then the people that you surround yourself mm -hmm. with are yep. the two determining factors of success, mm -hmm. Dan says. And so as we kind of turn towards consciousness, how do you filter out all these things? Like, I have to be connected to social media. I have people around me that are family who I love. Like, are you saying I just disconnect from all of it? Is that possible? No, and I and I want to I want to bring up um, Napoleon Hill. I know you love the book Outwitting the Devil, mm -hmm. and and I love Napoleon Hill's take on it. And he didn't call people human animals. And to your point earlier, like if we're a human animal, like make no mistake about it. Every single day that we wake up, we've got a human animal and we've got consciousness, and they go back and forth between who has the wheel, right? A lot of people. The, the human animal never lets go of the wheel. But even those of us who have climbed and, and gotten to a place where we can access that consciousness, you're gonna be hopping back and forth. It's just part of the struggle. Okay, so it's not like, hey, I became human or, or human being consciousness, I'm good. Check no. that box off. Wouldn't that be nice? Am I hearing you, you say it's kind of pretty much like your fitness? Like if you want yes. abs, you have to maintain your abs. Yes. In the kitchen, in the gym. A hundred percent. Okay. But going back to Napoleon Hill where he talks about, well, he talks about drifters and the hypnotic rhythm and how, you know, you're saying, well, how do we get to a place where we can have a clear mind? And it's really, it's building in that discipline and then doing it long enough to where you know, like he calls it the hypnotic rhythm, and I, I just think of it as the pull of, of the universe. How Inertia. It just, yes, it wants to perpetuate what you're doing. And so all of these things with your body, your mind, your heart, learning how to open it mm. and keeping it open when it's uncomfortable and it's gonna shut down. I think of it almost like a sea anemone where it's like, you know, but you gotta just keep it open, right? Yeah. But it's being vigilant with the practice until the pull makes it easier. Being vigilant with the practice until the pull makes it easier. In other words, until the habit is formed. Yes. A ritual is formed. Because yes. once you have a habit, because everyone watching and listening to this, you guys all have a certain morning routine that you do. You get out of bed, you probably shower, you drink your water, you brush your teeth, you go poop, whatever it is that you do, it's a habitual function. You shave, etc. cetera. But um, the bottom line is, when something becomes routine and habitual and rhythmic, mm -hmm. you're more likely to stay in it. Yeah. And so the body's always a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And then of course the mind. Mm -hmm. Have you meditated before? I, and I honestly don't, don't, it's funny that we're married, mm -hmm. but I don't know because mm -hmm. I don't know if you come to HQ, you get here before me and if you meditate or not. I definitely connect with consciousness and I sit with that. I do that in the morning. I do that as I'm falling asleep at night, but I try to do it throughout the day for sure. How does that look? Like when you do it, when you connect with consciousness, you're a form of meditation. So there's many things that I do as anchor points in my environment and in my habits to keep me there and to keep me bouncing back to there. One of them, it's it's a very simple thing, but I have my candles everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know this, mm -hmm. at home, 
at the office, I have my candles that smell good, and it's it is a ritual for me to light my candles and to have the flame there because. For me, it reminds me like that flame, that flicker is reminding me of my consciousness and the smell of it. It's this, it's this anchor point for me to put me there. Um, another thing is I, um, I'll do what Michael Singer talks about in his book, The Untethered Soul, where I, I love how he describes it. And this is um, one of the most effective ways when I was first starting to connect to consciousness to get me there. And he says, um, imagine that you just in your mind, you yell out and it echoes and you say, hello, hello, hello. And if you do that and you wait, your consciousness, like the deepest part of you responds and you can almost like grab it mm. and then hold on to it and then you they talk about like the third eye and like right here yes. so i'll have my eyes closed and i will focus my energies almost between my eyes the back of my head the third eye and almost like pull it up i hope i don't sound super weird right now <laughs> but but you you feel it mm -hmm. and you connect with it and and in doing so the 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 human animal like you know Diana Colian, who's 40 years old and is whatever, the CFO and writes cookbooks, like I almost feel like that just sort of like falls away and it's just you're connected with consciousness yeah. and all these things just don't matter. And it's the the Your most, physical identity goes away. It's it's not there. But but the struggle and, and the human condition is that we are both things. Because yeah. I am a 40-year-old mom who's working and dealing with the stresses of life. Um, and I also have this potentiality to connect with the universal mind and it's, and it's two halves of a mm -hmm. whole. And so learning to balance the two in a way where you are able to, you know, Be at peace with the, the life cycle and with the fact that, you know, this ride is going to end and know how to relate to the, the earth that you come from, the universe that we're part of, the society that we're in, mm -hmm. using this to just make it a seamless existence, which when you look at primitive societies and look at tribal people, they had it so good by way of they had these mythologies, these traditions, where they just explained these big concepts with imagery that just gave them, you know, it taught them how to live a human life hmm. and, and to enjoy it. One of those ways, this is conversations that we've had over coffee, was that they weren't connected to the happenings of what was going on in the tribe down the river. Right. They didn't know, in other words, the news. Right. Right? Because yes. our brain can only process so much information. Right. And so like, oh my gosh, there was a, there's a giant fire in, in Baltimore and I'm in California and now I'm hand wringing over the fire in Baltimore. And yeah. Like, what can I do about it? Other than mm -hmm. create more noise and static and mm -hmm. stress. And that's where we get back to, why did you have to hear about it? You and you know this. We don't listen to the news. Right. We I, 
I mean, in 2020 was the only exception because the whole world was shutting down. But we don't listen to the news because you got to control as much as you can what goes in because that fire has no implication on your life. Now, a few months ago when we had a fire across the street here, guess what? That mattered for your life. That mattered. (laughs) But you saw it. It was right there. (laughs) So, so. Really, the simplicity of living like, again, I don't want to just simplify it to live like a caveman, but it it really is the idea of, like, focus on what matters and then let go of everything else that we try and Mm -hmm. gather and process and deal with and control Mm -hmm. because we can't. Right. We can't. And spend more time with your consciousness at the wheel than your human animal. How do you know when your human animal's kind of sticking its head up and trying to take over the wheel? It's, it's always about fear. All anxiety, um, anything, if you, you're feeling like frustrated or fired up about anything, sad, like it's, it's all wrapped up in the human animal my understanding of what the human animal encounters, I have a couple of other images that really help me to describe external resistance Mm -hmm. and internal resistance. Because the human animal, we as human animals, we are bound to our ego. How do you see our ego? And this, this definitely comes from Joseph Campbell because he does reference this and, and it comes up in other mythologies um, throughout the world. But the binding of oneself to one's ego, it's your dragon. Mm. And so, you know, we, our dragon, it, it just helps me so much to have this image. So you're saying, when do we know when it's the human animal that's kind of like rearing its head? Mm-hmm. Well, I have, I take it one step further where it's like, is this my dragon? And my dragon, the dragon does a few different things, but whenever you have any kind of doubts or negativity or uncertainty or self-sabotage or any way that you yourself are trying to stop your growth, stop your momentum, get yourself stuck in a loop, that's your dragon coming out. And so, you know me, I have like my little dragon figurines. I have one on my desk. I have one at the house because again, these things like my candle, it keeps me anchored there because there's the physical world that we see Mm -hmm. that our human animal lives in. And then there's the, the energy and the spiritual world that we deal with all day long, but we don't see it and we don't necessarily have language for it. So for me, when I see the dragon and maybe I'm having self doubt or, um, you know, my ego's coming out in some kind of way, to have this personification of it's it's my dragon and and not to sound crazy again, but I'll have conversations with him and I'll be like, okay, buddy, all right, let's talk about this. Like, why are you trying to take me down this rabbit hole? What is the, the what is the fear at the root of this distraction that I'm dealing with right now? And where are you trying to take me? I know you're trying to get me off track, because that's what you do, because you're my dragon. Where are you trying to take me? And kind of follow it. Like, okay, because he, he knows how to trigger you. So Kevin, mm-hmm. my therapist, calls that the golden thread. Mm. It's, it's funny, I'd never connected those two dots. You've told me about the dragon many a times, and I understand it as the, as the ego, and I do know that fear, uncertainty, all those things kind of trigger the dragon to mm-hmm. want to start taking over. And, you know, he says, follow that golden thread. Mm-hmm. Just 
how does it look if you, yeah. you know, where are you trying to take me? Yeah. And how's, what's the outcome that you right. want? And it kind of diffuses all the way, the fear, the uncertainty, yes. the doubts, doesn't it? So many things. Yes. And, and, and I've found that when it is the dragon, it always comes back to fear and, you know, getting to middle age, there are so many ways that the, the ego comes up when it relates to aging and, and, and fear about that getting past your prime. Like there's all these triggers throughout life, but tracing it back to that dragon. And for me, like, he's just like this goofy character, but he's behind you and he's in your ear. And so when you can't see him, you think that voice is you. You think that voice, like maybe that's consciousness, like this, maybe this, you know, it has validity. And it's not always about self-doubt or about distraction. Sometimes it's about how you're perceiving others. And the dragon creates blind spots for us. Oof, oof. Ego does create blind mm. spots for us. So let's, let's talk about something just for a moment. If, if you're connected to consciousness and you've listened to Joseph Campbell's audiobook over a hundred times, and that is not an exaggeration you have. Guys, I'm weird. And <laughs> sure, you hear fear, you sense doubt, and you're like, uh-oh. The dragon, mm-hmm. and you start asking, like, "Hey, buddy, mm-hmm. where are you taking me? Yeah. What is the outcome that you want? Why are you doing this? Yeah. What are you right? afraid of?" And you de- defuse it. Yes. But we know that most people haven't gotten to that place of consciousness and self-awareness to be able to ask the dragon questions. Yeah. Instead, they deal with, they feel the fear, they feel the doubt, the uncertainty, and then they go, "I'm just going to eat." that away. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to mm-hmm. avoid it. I'm going to distract myself through screen sucking, social media, uh, mm-hmm. food, pornography, alcohol, mm-hmm. you name it, drugs. Yeah. So self-destructive cycles. Self de- so so how, how does one like stop that? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, do you just, how do you stop it to turn around to the dragon and go, Hey buddy, how you feeling? Why are you doing this? Just even knowing you have a dragon, And having just when things start to feel out of control or you start to feel yourself sliding, we have all this terminology in our language to describe stuff that happens on the energy side. Like I'm sliding back into my old habits, like we energy, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you become aware, even just because we have so much insight, we have so our, our gut gives us so much wisdom that we ignore. And that is the consciousness, like, hey. Is that what it is when someone says, I have a gut feeling? That's consciousness talking to us? And And, and how often do we just stifle our gut feeling and then do what? Layers and layers and layers to stifle it. We do the popular thing instead of what our gut tells us. Yeah, so you have to be evolved enough to a place where you can identify human animals taken over because the human animal can be controlled by the dragon. And the dragon's tool is fear. Mm. Right. But as much as even like in fitness, we like people are like, what's the one thing or in business? What's the one thing I can do? The fact is, I keep going back to the layers. You got to do all the things you can't have a have a body in bad condition, have a noisy mind, have a closed heart, have a mess of an environment and do one thing to now you've got your dragon under control. So you, you can't. Am I hearing you say that <laughs> how you do anything is how you do everything? Yes. And so you really have to do everything. Correct. Right. And that may seem like a tall order for folks listening to this, 
but I don't think you or I are saying attack everything now. Like pick the one thing, right. your fitness is the thing you can control. Like don't go picking your relationship because that's another human. Right. And you don't know if that human is ready to make that decision. If they're ready to commit to taking this journey of consciousness and going up the cosmic mountain, mm -hmm. right? But you know what? I can control what I put in my pie hole. Mm -hmm. Like right after this. Mm -hmm. I can control if I'm working out tonight right after this. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I start there, and as yep. that becomes this hypnotic rhythm, mm -hmm. as yep. Napoleon Hill talks about it, I add another hip right. positive hypnotic rhythm to Body, it. Body, mind, mind heart, heart, environment. Mm. And now you're setting yourself up to be at a place where you can identify, that's my dragon, here's how to connect with consciousness. And so to that point, as someone's taking this journey up the mountain, and that, we, and we know this, look, there's just less space. When you think about how a mountain is shaped, mm. there's just less space. There's mm. more awesome things up mm. top, but there's just less space. So not everyone's gonna fit, right? And as we go towards that awesome thing of consciousness, self-awareness, success, happiness, fulfillment, significance, are there anything blocking us from getting there, mm. stopping us from That's getting there? such a good question. So we know our dragon is doing his best, yeah. but yes, the, the dragon's the internal resistance. There's external resistance. Good Lord, so now we gotta fight two mm. things to it's, get to the higher place? It's rough. It, being a human's rough, man, yes. And that's why so many of us live in, in misery and in mm. fear. Mm. But yes, so very much like gravity. So physical world, if you're gonna go and climb a mountain, there's gravity, right? Pushing down it's on pushing you. pushing on you. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, it's not a personal act against you. It's it's one of the laws of the universe, right? Or the the physical world is gravity. Stop right there. You hit such a beautiful nugget. Folks, she said it so just matter of factly, it is not a personal act against you. When external resistance happens, when shit goes wrong, mm -hmm. Whether it's a someone who crossed you, did something bad, stole clients, copied your business, a former business partner split up and is doing the same thing, stole half the clients. It's not an act against you. That is literally the resistance required yes. to get up the mountain is what you're saying. It has to happen because matter wants to stay in the same place, mm. right? Here in the physical world, matter wants to stay in the same place. Inertia. We touched on that before. Well, it's the same with, with the energy world. So if you have this creative forward movement and you're progressing and you're growing, there is a pushback against it. To me, I picture it like a bear. Mm. And I picture it as you're ascending the mountain. The bear is guarding the mountain and his job is to make you earn it. His job is to get you to give up. How does the bear show up? The bear shows up in so many different ways. And I, you know, 2020 was such a great example. Good in Lord. my mind, it's like 2020, the bear just took a bunch of steroids, woke up and was just like, I'm gonna mess everybody up. Um, but, but look at that. So last year we had to tell our franchisees, close your doors and we had to figure things out, right? And so the bear shows up 
as a global pandemic. The bear shows up as an employee who goes sideways and causes, you know, a couple weeks of your time and your progress to go down the hill. Um, the, the bear shows up as anything outside of you that's being, feels like it's being done to you. A car accident, mm -hmm. cancer. Yes. Someone says, I want a divorce. I'm breaking up mm -hmm. with you. Uh, I'm quitting and it's not a good yes. time for this person to quit. Yes. It's external this resistance against where you're trying to go, against your progress, and it's just there to get you to give up. So what's, what's, what, what's gonna happen when I get past that bear? So I stayed in the fight, I got past mm -hmm. that bear, but I'm looking up and there's still another level I wanna go. Yeah, well the climb never ends and the bears never end. What, what can happen as you get accustomed to this is that the bear can become almost like a sparring partner as opposed to just this scary force that you're, you know, it's like this attacker. You can get to a place where it's like, and I feel like in business we've really gotten there where it's like, okay, we knew there was gonna be a challenge. Yeah. Like any seasoned entrepreneur or, or you know, as parents, like nothing's gonna go according to plan, especially when you have big audacious, audacious plans that you're gonna do, which we do that. Mm -hmm. You're going, if you don't meet some resistance, there's something wacky going on and it's just about to hit. There's always gonna be something acting against what you want to try to get you to give up. So what I'm hearing you say is the higher I go up the mountain, the more awesome my life becomes. Mm -hmm my business becomes, my relationships become, my health becomes. I just wanna keep going up the mountain. However, the bear is constantly gonna show up. Mm -hmm. And that bear sometimes, like the year 2020, will take steroids and will gain a massive amount of intelligence <laughs> and speed and yeah. attack you from this way to that way. But yeah. I'm also hearing you say that the bear is a sparring partner, almost like the way I pictured it in my mind is, you know, when, when Ray's in town, Ray, Ray Cashcare, former Navy SEAL, when Woo! Ray Cashcare is in town and we go work out together, I mean, truth be told, I do have better workouts. It's almost like he's a workout partner. Yeah. And it sucks working out with him. He's a beast. <laughs> but the workouts are better. Yeah. The results I get are better. And so he as you say, the bear is a sparring partner. Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna go way up there and the air is thinner, but life mm -hmm. is better, then I need to be better conditioned. You gotta be stronger. So I need a sparring partner. Mm -hmm. And I need to you know, have my cardio up. And I need to have a better lung and heart capacity because the air is thinner, but the view is more beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so the bear is there for a purpose, isn't mm -hmm. it? Not necessarily to distract us. Without the bear, you wouldn't, I like how you said like your lung capacity and your strength, like without the bear giving you almost like that workout of resistance to push through, you wouldn't be strong enough to be up there. Mm. It's the bear forces your growth. So if you wanna be up there, you have to be in this condition and the bear's gonna get you there. The bear's gonna get you there. The bear is needed. The external mm -hmm. resistance is needed. But, but the human animal, when the human animal encounters the bear, it's the fear again. It's the fear, I'm gonna lose my business. I'm gonna lose, you know, whatever it might be. That, that, that you feel like you're gonna lose or the, that's at risk and it's that fear and then that's your human animal, right? And yeah. so when you realize, for me, when I can picture a bear and I got my little bear on my desk and it's like, again, hey buddy, okay, cool. You know, like just got some notice like you know, in the mail that I gotta deal with, whatever it might be. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool, cool. You showed up like this today, bear, okay. 
all right, well, well, I know you, I understand you. There's a really big lesson in that. We've spent enough time now, 20 years in business, almost 20 years in business, where we know when we're gonna launch a new business or when we take equity, you know, we add a new company to our portfolio, we know the bear's gonna show up and we, almost, we just don't know how. We, right. we might take some guesses, right. but we don't know how it's gonna show up. But it's important to just know that it's gonna show up mm -hmm. and be prepared for it so that you're not surprised by it, right? And it's not personal. And it's not, per that. It's not personal. It's not that personal. is such a powerful thing. It's there to condition it's you. It's necessary. For the next level. Yes. So let's talk about the realities of life. Mm. Most don't go past the first bear, let alone the second, third, fourth, mm. fifth, and so do they just give up? Like what happens to those that just stay at the bottom of the mountain? Well, I think we see that. We see that in people. It's, it's what, is your, what is your standards for your life? Like what do you want to experience in this life, right? And what do you want to set out to, to accomplish and achieve? Um, so what happens to people who are like, yeah, nope, ba the bear's there. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go back. My, my dragon's telling me this. I'm just going to like, it's cool. I'm just going to settle. And, and, you know, Nap Napoleon Hill talks about the drifters mm -hmm. and we know he says there's 98% of people are going to live a life without definitiveness of purpose. And they... In, in my you know metaphor, they're at the bottom of the mountain and they're not gonna push past the bear and the dragon's gonna have them there in their own little personal jail. Um, and that's, I mean, I'm not saying that's okay, but that's just, that's life. That, you know, look at fitness. How many humans that you see walking around are crushing their fitness? Sure, It's sure. no different with yeah. your spirituality and your connectiveness to consciousness and, and just, if you are, the way Joseph Campbell says, it's like, are you honoring your lower nature or your higher nature? It's easier to live in your lower nature. It's easier. Here's a good way, I think, to end this episode, which is, and what happens when you're climbing? Because I, I, I get this a lot in my mm -hmm. DMs. Where I'm like, hey, you got to do this. You got to have a morning routine. You got to start working out, drink 30 ounces of water. It's like, but Pedros, I do. But I've got a spouse, a husband, a wife, a, a partner, whatever. And they are not. So mm -hmm. what if someone starts taking, embarking on this journey? I'm mm -hmm. going up the cosmic mountain. I want to get up there. I'm willing to fight the bears. I'm willing to have those conversations with my dragon die. But my partner's not on board or doesn't feel like he or she is like what's the plan i mean do i just divorce or is there a way to get them on board that's such a loaded question it is i don't and it's solve like it everybody is <laughs> every individual you know has their own journey um so i i don't have there's no one size fits all answer for that I will tell you this, kind of going back to how we started about how we've kind of egged each other on in self-development, um, this has been a very beneficial partnership for both of us in that way. And I think it was um, Gay Hendricks, an author who said he compares a good partnership, marriage, to putting two jagged stones into a burlap sack. If that's like you're getting married, you're going into the sack, and then just someone is just shaking it year after year after year after year. So we're at, you know, 20 years now. And then when you open that bag up, you've got these two smooth stones because it's it's the colliding with each other 
that smooths out our edges and that and that helps us in our own individual journeys. And so your question of almost somebody, the person I'm with doesn't want to do that healthy colliding and that egging on with me, what do I do? Um, I, I don't have an answer. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think that is the answer. <laughs> it, it becomes common sense. If you only have so much run on this earth, mm -hmm. Um, and I think we all have a duty and an obligation. Like one thing I'll share with you is, um, I think everyone listening and watching this knows that every Monday morning I send out that Monday morning email. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for seven years now. There was like a seven month period that I stopped doing it. Um, but otherwise I've been doing it for seven years straight. And I remember a few of our team members over the years have reached out and said, all right, B, well, I finally your email started to make sense and I don't watch TV late at night anymore and I don't eat heavy carbs at night and I go to sleep early and I wake up and I have a morning routine. And you know what? My spouse or my boyfriend, this one particular person, team member, was like, my boyfriend isn't on board. Should I just break up with him? And I had to remind her, I'm not going to use her name, let's just call her Susan. I was like, hey, Susan, how many years have you been getting my emails before you start acting on it? She's like, well, it's probably like on the second year that I started to take them seriously mm. and actually doing it. I'm like, so two years that my emails have been falling on deaf ears mm. once a week. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, this higher version of yourself and you're ready to dump, mm. dump this dude. Like, don't you think you have an obligation yeah. to maybe help this person along on their journey until you realize they're just not going. It's a dog who's digging sure. their heels in, right? Sure. So I do believe we have that obligation, but at some point, kind of like the uh, like the military rescue swimmers, at some point you're like, hey, look, you're an American soldier, I'm here to save you, yeah. you're drowning. And if they're still panicking and climbing on top of you, they're taught to punch them in the face and swim away because mm -hmm. two people aren't gonna die today. Yeah. I would bring up though, depending on the situation, you know, we talked about the dragon and mm -hmm. how the dragon likes to create blind spots for us. The dragon also likes to make all the problems in your life because of other people. Like I'm having this issue, it's because of her. Mm. I'm having that issue, it's his fault, right? The dragon likes to convince you that anything that's going on in your life that's not good is someone else's fault. So I would say if you're feeling like, oh, it's my spouse's fault or it's my partner's fault, is some of that your dragon creating a blind spot for you where you are blaming them for things? Now, if it is the case where their heels are dug in, they're like, nope, I want to live in a messy house and I want to listen to garbage and I want to eat garbage. You know, it's a different story, sure. but it's always worth, you know, whenever you feel like the problem is outside of you and the solution's not here to just dig a little like, okay, dragon, are you trying to, are you trying to tell me that it's their fault, but really you're covering up something I need to change about me and what you're just leaning into is maybe what you need to change about you is having more patience mm -hmm. and having passion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely yeah. worth doing some digging as opposed to just, you're not, you know, living the life I'm living right now. See you later. Yeah. Well said. And for our friends who want to maybe learn more about the way you think and operate and follow you and connect with you, where do they go? Um, I'm on Instagram. Diana Coolian. <laughs> At Instagram, Diana Coolian. And of course, guys and gals, as you're listening and you're watching this episode, be sure to take a screenshot and put it up in your stories, share it, get the word out, pay it forward, and make sure you tag Diana and myself. And of course, as always, don't forget to tell your mama. We'll see you later.